0: Um, just in a way of testimony, you guys want a little bit of good news? Anybody like good news in the house? (laughs) And because she didn't want to do it herself, I'm doing it for her. Kim McGraw, she came up here. Everybody waved to Kim back there in the little greeny turquoise there, whatever that color is. She goes, I think I need to tell you, but there's something going on back here in this back row. God's just done a healing back here. And she goes, my neck, I've been having problems with it How for how long? over a week. And she goes, uh, I'm being healed right now and it's cracking and all kinds of things are going on. And how's your neck right now? All right. So can we give the Lord praise (laughs) right in the middle of worship? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, how many remember what I preached last, last Sunday? Does anybody remember what I preached last Sunday? All right, I really wished I could have done a mix. I was teasing with somebody this week, I don't remember who all it was, but I uh, wished I could have done a mix, uh, a vi- uh, not a video, but an audio mix with Tina Turner and some other other songs, you know, what's love got to do, got to do with it, you know, and then the other, there's another, love stinks, yeah, yeah, you know, I can't sing, I'm sorry to run your ears, but... Uh, Come on, humor me, you know, you know, I could have had, that's the, that's the, that's the hoedown that Mike should have done this morning, right? You know, could have done a medley for me, Michael. (laughs) Oh, we're starting to talk on love. Anybody love love? Anybody do any homework on love? Anybody do it? What was the homework on love? First Corinthians 13, anybody have fun with First Corinthians 13 this week? Huh? Somebody say yeah, yeah, for you that weren't here, probably not. We're talking about loving and growing in our love for God, amen, and uh, we're moving the ball down the field, right? And so we're, we're working on that. So I'm going to go and I really had hoped to, uh, I'll just be honest with you, Um the Lord's really been messing with me all week, and what I'd hope to share in the Word today is not what I'm going to share. And for all you high eyes, you love that. It's like, oh, he's being led by the Spirit, oh, good. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I, I'm trying to be, that's for sure. And uh, so where I'm going to go today is totally different where than what I had thought or what was going on, and we're probably not even going to get very far. So I'm just going to warn you. My message may be long, but it's going to be short. And what I mean by that, we're, we're not going to cover a lot of ground, okay, in the message. It's going to be a, a little clip uh, as we're talking about love. We're going to hit one attribute of God today. Um, but hopefully, no, not hopefully, I know that the Spirit of God is going to cooperate with us. And I know the Word of God is going to uh, do something inside of us. And we are going to be like Bereans. Um, I was reading even about Paul's missionary journey. His second missionary journey, when he went up through Asia Minor and he began to really travel some major distance to preach the gospel, he ends up getting around Macedonia. And uh, the Macedonians up in that area were given Paul, I mean, they were... They were ready to stone him. I mean, they were they the Jews there were basically uh, not happy with him, Paul and Silas, and uh, so he decides to drop down from Macedonia and just go a few more miles, which would be north, south, east, west, it's kind of southwest, and he goes to Berea, and when he's at Berea. Um, the Bereans are just receiving what Paul has to say and they're taking what he preaches and they're looking in the word to see if what Paul is teaching is correct. And they begin to go home and chew on it. And they begin to, it really begins to affect their, their city. And then the people from Macedonia that heard that he's preaching in Berea, then they get angry and they go down and stir up trouble for Paul. And so Paul then has to move from Berea because the the heat's getting hot in the kitchen, if you know what I mean. And he goes on down further into Corinth and, and, and Athens, and he's preaching the gospel everywhere he goes. But how many of us want to be Bereans? Bereans were people who took the word of God and they took it in and they began to really chew. And I really hope that you're taking this journey serious with me on discovering God is uh, who he is and and in his love. Because I tell you what, if you're not doing 1 Corinthians uh, um, and looking into it, if you're not doing it at home, what I give you today will be very, very shallow. It won't be, because uh, you've got to chew on it at home. You gotta, and I'm going to today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, just take you through my study for what I went through this week. I'm going to take you through my Bible study is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to regurgitate it. How's everybody with that? Yeah. And so, because I am on this journey, I want to be known well in my generation as a man who loved well. I want to be known when they write my obituary, when my wife or my children have to say something about their dad, when my obituary is read in the Courier Times, on the day I die, Eric Haler went to be with the Lord, and he was a man that loved well. He loved his family. He loved, he loved people well. Man, I want it to be known that I, I loved well. And right now, I'm not getting A, a plus grade. I am I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing in my love and 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 I pray to God that you do as well and I hope that that is your di- desire that your obituary when your uh, last breath uh, I've told my wife this and several others I, I was at a pastor's retreat many years ago and uh, the song they played a song and man when they played the song man I just started bawling and again I can't sing well so I'm not going to sing the words but um but the, word, the song is called, When All is Said and Done. And does anybody remember? It's a really old one. But uh, it, 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 the words are go something like this, um, When All is Said and Done. Well, they say I loved my family, that I was a faithful man, that I lived to tell of Jesus' love when all is said and done, when all is said and done. What are they going to say about you? You know, I'm sure there's some things they can say about me now that I believe is not going to be true when it gets there because I'm maturing and I'm growing. But you know, every day in the courier, I look through the obituaries. Anybody else? I look through them. We've had some. You've lost a family member, you and Alan and Susie. You guys lost an aunt this week and a cousin. And it it basically gives the 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 description of that person. And I don't know. I'm looking for a, a church, I'm looking for a people to go with me, to, that we will become a people of love. That this church, when they say, "Oh yeah, they good, what we're known now is we're crazy worshipers." Which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem with them saying, oh, that church, New Covenant, yeah, I heard their worship's wild. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I pray it begins to, cheer. boy, they love God well. They love people well. They are aggressive with their love. They're aggressive with their worship. Because worship is an expression of our love, amen? Amen. Praise God. I haven't even started my message yet. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to go to a PowerPoint. We're just going to read 1 Corinthians first. And this is the passage. I, I asked you guys to read this over and over this week. I asked you to read Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit. And so I'm, 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 we're just going to read this, and uh, I've, I've, I've got some fun stuff we're going to do, I hope, today that helps bring us a revelation. So, Let's just read this together. Can we read it all together? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Father, will you bless the reading of your word today in the name of Jesus? Father, will you open our eyes to see love in a whole new way today? Father, I thank you that you're going to download into each man and each woman a different facet of your love and what love really is and what your love looks like. And so today, God, as we ask the question, what does love look like? Father, would you in each person's heart, would you begin to take the blinders off? Would you begin to remove the scales from our eyes? The things that hinder love, God, would you begin to remove them? Because God, we see in our lives that there are certain mindsets, there are certain strongholds we have in our thinking that are really hindrances to your love. And so today, God, would you remove those hindrances? Would you bring down every stronghold that sets itself up against you and the knowledge of who you are? And would you bring them down today in the powerful name of Jesus so that your people, that we might see you for who you really are. Yes. And so that we might then begin to reflect you for who you really are. So Father, I pray today that you would calm the waters of our life right now so that the water of our life becomes just really smooth so that we might begin to reflect your glory. The tapestry of your character, God. So, Lord, we just receive you today and we thank you for the word today and we thank you for opening it up to us. And we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So, I pray some of you, and I know I'm going to share one email later in the service that someone sent to me. I know several of you have been getting some downloads of what love. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to, whoa, whoa. Did I not get it on there? Yeah, yeah, this is it. Okay, yeah. I have messed myself up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this scripture a little differently. And I know in the Word of God, in Revelations, at the very end of the Word, it says, do not add or take away anything from the Word of God. I am not ta- adding or taking away anything from the Word, but I am going to start inserting some things in here. And we're going to read this same scripture, and I've added some things that I think will bring some greater clarity. Can I have an amen on that? And so I'm gonna read this same scripture out of 1 Corinthians 13. I'm gonna put God's name in there because God is God is love. And so my goal as we start this, my goal is that we will eventually get to play the place where instead of love is patient and that God is patient, that we will say, Eric is patient, Karen is patient. Alger is kind. Chuck is long-suffering, okay? That all of our names can be put in here. But first, we have to start with God, amen? So God is patient with me. In parentheses, he calmly waits for the expected outcome with me. Now think about that. When we're talking about the word patient, he calmly waits for the expected outcome in me. God is kind to me. He is benevolent, indulgent, and considerate of me. God does not envy. He does not feel discontent with me. Let that get inside of you a little bit today. I know we're going to go through these quickly, and then I'm going to hone in on one. God does not boast about himself, but thinks about me all the time. I was talking with Chris Hansen this week when we were at the and he said, "Man, I love it whenever, if you just take a salt shaker and just empty all the salt, and the Bible says that his thoughts toward me are like the, the sand on the seashore, And I like to use salt as an example. Remember all the grains of salt in your salt shaker, that his thoughts are about me like that all the time. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? God is not rude with me. God is not harsh or rough with me. Many times God gets accused of that, but he really is not harsh and rude. God is not self-seeking. God is not all about his own interests, but cares about mine. God is not easily angered by me. (laughs) God is not easily angered by me. God is not displeased and angry with me. Now, one thing I will point out about this, the word easily. I'm not saying that God never gets angry. I'm not saying that. He's not easily angered. He, he has, and we're going to get into that a little bit today, but God keeps no record of wrongs. You guys, most people don't believe this. God keeps no record of wrong. God does not have a tally sheet on my actions, judgments, and my errors because I'm a born again Christian. He removes my sin as far as the east is from the west. Now I realize the Word of God says that in the last days in the judgment seat that we will be judged based upon what our actions and our deeds. But what is that talking about? That's a whole other topic of sermons. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil or give thought to my old man. I'm going to stay there a second. God does not delight in evil. He doesn't delight or give thought to my old man. But what he rejoices in, he rejoices with the truth. God rejoices in the truth of who I really am in Christ. God always protects. He defends me and guards guards me from attack. I didn't know I put a blank screen in there. God always trusts me. God has confident expectation of me. God always hopes God knows I will turn out for the best because of Christ in me. God knows I will turn out for the best because of Christ in me. He has hope. He has faith. He knows what's been deposited in me and he knows what's going to happen to me. He knows where I'm going. He, 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 what does the Bible say? The Bible says, the Bible says that, that he is the author and the finisher of my faith. He finishes it. He he will complete the work in me. We're on a journey. God always perseveres. Aren't you glad of that? God is persistent in spite of the difficulties I present. (laughs) God is persistent in spite of the difficulties I present. I can remember being away from the Lord, and he was always persistent to pursue me. Hello? Hello? God never fails. Do I have a witness? Amen. Love never fails, but God never fails. God never falls short of success with me. Say that. God never falls short of success with me. Go ahead and say it again. God never falls short of success with me. Whoops. Okay. Now that may mean nothing to you right now. Here's what God showed me. Last week, after I got done with the message, I was like, Lord, where are you wanting to go with this? I was praying. He was just working. It was like I was wrestling with him. (laughs) And here's what he showed me he said, Eric, you can tell people to love more, you can tell them to draw from the bucket of love versus the bucket of flesh. Remember the two buckets I had up here? The bucket of the flesh. I can t- I can encourage you not to draw from the bucket, bucket of flesh and draw from the bucket of the Spirit, the bucket of love. I can tell you to do that. He, but here's what he put in my heart. He said, I, you can tell them to do it, but out of duty you can try to do that really, really hard. <laughs> and you can get frustrated when you fall short trying. But the Lord would not let me go any further in the message. He said, they will never be able to pull from the love bucket consistently if they don't get a revelation of who I am. They'll never be able to draw from the spirit bucket, the the love bucket, loving others well, if you do not get a revelation of who God is. And he says, I am love. I am love. And so, as I was breaking the word down this week, we have got to experience God as love. We have to experience him, and it must go further than just reading a scripture. It must go further than just grinning hard and and saying, okay, I want to tell that person off, but I'm not going to, and I don't tell the person off and think that that's love. That's behavior modification. That's not love. Are you with me? And so we've got to go beyond uh, doing right things but having our heart not touched. (laughs) The example, I, I can be patient with my wife or I can act patient with my wife. I can act like I'm being patient with Bruce, but if I really have a revelation of who God is and I see him as being patient with me and I receive the patience of the Lord, I can now give that patience to someone else because I've received it first. It's just like the, 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 the Scripture says that love keeps no record of wrong. If I don't have the revelation that God is not tallying up my sin, that he truly has removed it from me, that if I don't get that revelation in my heart, if it's not imported in me and I go, oh, glory to God, my my sins have been dealt with. If I don't really understand that he is not keeping record of Eric's mess-ups, then I'll never forget your mess-ups. I'll never give to you when you hurt me or you do something or you don't pay this or you don't do that. You don't finish this project or you don't finish that project. I'll tally it up. And I've had that. I've had people come to me I can't believe you have that person letting them do that in that church. Why do you let them do do, do this, they do this, they do this, they do this, they do that. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Why? Because I realize how much my sin has been removed. Anybody else? I can't give it to you. And so most people have bitterness, they hold things inside of them because they don't really realize what love looks like. I will not let go of all the wrongs you have done to me and others if if I do not understand and see how God keeps no record of my wrongs. That when the scripture says he truly has removed my sin, he has removed them and he counts them no more, that the scripture really means that. But unless you meditate on it and pray over it and really get, seek God in that area, you'll never be able to export that to someone else. Can I have an amen? amen. I will not be kind to you if I do not understand that it's God's kindness, kindness that leads me to repentance <laughs> and that how his kindness and what he's given to me. And so today we're going to go into some things because I want to ask you today as we're going into the scripture, how has God truly loved you? Because until you really get a revelation of how God has loved you, you will not love others that way. It is just impossible. You cannot export something you have not imported. You will fake it until you make it, I guess. And that's what I see in the body of Christ. People are faking love all the time. Hello, do I have a witness? People are faking love all the time. Oh, I'm just modifying my behavior. I'm not telling them what I really feel. But behind the scenes, you're talking about them and going, I can't believe. Is that not true? Doesn't that what happens? Oh, God, help me today. God never fails. God never falls short of success with me. So, we're going to dive into Colossians 3, if you have your Bibles. We're going to go into Colossians 3, verse 12. we read a few scriptures, and we're going to dive into something today in just one simple aspect of God that I hope really helps you today. So, if you got your Bibles, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 16. Therefore, anytime you see the word therefore, it is therefore a reason. And, and, the, and God is highlighting something that he really wants you to get. So he's saying that it's there for a reason, okay? Therefore, as God's chosen people, stop. Don't read any further. Therefore, as God's what? What does chosen mean? Handpicked? What's some other adjectives? Not an accident. Special ones. Sons and daughters, the prestigious ones. God's chosen people, and look here, he says it right there, holy and dearly loved. How many feel holy today? I prayed this morning, I feel a little holy. Maybe last night was a little rough for you, huh? He's making a declaration of who we already are. Remember when I read that scripture in 1 Corinthians, I said that God doesn't rejoice in evil or my old man, but he rejoices with the truth. The truth is I'm holy and dearly loved. Whether I feel it or not. Whether my actions are holy or not. He sees me as holy. Now and that messes with my brain. All the time it messes with my brain. Because when I fall short, I'm wanting to beat the living tar out of myself. Anybody else? I'm not declaring that. I'm saying, you stupid idiot. What were you thinking? Hold your tongue. Holy and dearly loved. Man, we have got to get a revelation of that right now. Therefore as God's chosen I am a royal priesthood a chosen na- I am a chosen people a holy nation set apart for the glory of God holy and dearly loved then he goes on and he says clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience everybody say patience bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How has Christ forgiven you? Again, the Scripture is saying, if you don't realize you've been forgiven by the Lord, you're not going to give forgiveness to others. Now, everybody close your eyes a minute. Ask how has the Lord forgiven you? Freely? Begrudgingly? Totally? Gently? Compassionately? Kindly? Hum- humbly? Gently? Patiently? And we're to give that to somebody else, but you're not going to give that to somebody else in your relationships if you do not first realize how much he's forgiven you. And then he goes on, he says, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You know why we don't have unity in the church? Because we don't put on love every day. We don't clothe ourselves with love. We don't clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience because I'm convinced we don't have a revelation of how kind, gentle, and patient the Lord is with us. Anybody with me? So we're going to find out about God's tremendous love today. You guys for that? So the first attribute of God in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 is this. God is patient. What in the world? I'm taking you through my Bible study this week because as I'm trying... You know, and I've went through this scripture, I, I know, a hundred times, maybe a thousand times, because I've been trying to walk in love for years. What is patience to you? It's not somebody in the hospital. <laughs> Patient is not somebody in the hospital. This is how I study the Bible. I ask God a lot of questions. When I went to First Corinthians this week and as I just opened the scripture, and I began to say, God, who are you? You are patient. What? We're going to cover just one attribute of God today. Just one. Because most of us can't even handle two or three attributes of God. What is patience? In In the King James Version of the Bible, that word that is used there is long-suffering. Okay? Mike, you ever suffer very long? Do you? Sometimes? That's what my wife says for 27 years. She's been suffering a long time. That's not true. I'm just playing with you guys. She don't say that. Now, my children may say that. <laughs> no. So I began to ask the Lord this week, again, as my patience has improved, my wife would say. She says, my patience level, I'm, be- I'm becoming more loving in, pa- in the area of patience. I ask God a lot of questions. The Greek word for patience is long-suffering, forbearing, patient, patiently enduring. But what does this mean? There's the word for long, extending a great distance or duration of time, extending beyond a given boundary or limit. Now, I don't know about you. When I first got married, my boundary and my limit was pretty short. And that limit has been, over the last 27 years, has been enlarging inches, centimeters at a time, and sometimes I have had 15-yard sacks where the ball has went back the other way. Can I have a witness with anybody else in the house? Huh? Yep, yep, yep. But the extending beyond a given boundary or limit. So I began to look up all these words. I began to pray and meditate over these words. Lord, your love, your love is enduring. You're long-suffering long with me. How is it that you have been long-suffering and patient with me? How is it that you've went beyond the limits for me? This is how I study the Bible, guys. This is how I do it, okay? You, everybody has a different way. And then I look at other scriptures that relate to this patience thing. It's okay, Chuck. You don't have to be patient with me right now. I'm teasing you, buddy. Boy, you don't want to get up at this church. You might get pointed out, huh? <laughs> Chuck's, for, Chuck's first time back for a while, man. He's been going four Foursquare. We love you, dude. Anybody, I need to go to the bathroom right now. I'll be patient. Potty break, potty break. One who suffers long suffering, one who suffers and bears pain and distress for an extended period of time, enduring pain is like enduring love. Do you know anyone who loves that way? God does. That's for doggone sure. And that's the thing we've got to get a revelation of how he now how has he done that with you? I'm trying to get you to think this morning. You're preaching with me today, guys. Long-suffering. PG-13 right now. Actually, that was rated R, wasn't it? Long-suffering. I even started diving into, you know... love is patient. Take a look at that. Sorry, guys, you're right. I think we need to be confronted with what is long-suffering. Is that what you do for other people? Do we suffer long with others? Love long. Love goes long. Love endures. For those who have a weak stomach, I'll move on. Actually, I'll do this. I'll go back to the scripture there. Long-suffering The only way to get you to suffer along with other people is for you to realize what has been done for you. When you see the love that Christ has for us, in the heat of a battle, in the heat of an argument, in the heat of a relational conflict, it pales. It it really isn't worth it. Can I have an amen on it? When you think you're so right and they need justice and they need correction and they need all this in the light of eternity what does it really matter can i have an i mean really if you were to take all the conflicts you've had in the last month and put them in one little thing you're just mad because you didn't get your way that's a righteous thought And what I want to move is I want to move from what we're doing wrong. (laughs) Because we're not all, none of us are loving well, okay? I want to move from that. You will never get better loving by knowing what you're doing wrong. You will become a better lover when you see how good of a lover he is. When you soak in his love. When you soak in the attributes of who he is, and that's what I've been doing this week, God, I want to reflect your patience, but I don't understand completely how patient you've been with me. Because here's the the thing, we start getting in pride and thinking, we're just doing all right. Haven't haven't done anything too bad this week. (laughs) Am I making any sense? What is his love? The word forbearing means to resist, refrain, to hold back, to be patient in the face of provocation. Can you remember what Jesus did in the face of provocation? Huh? He did not open his mouth. He did not defend himself. He did not. He could have. Think about what he's done. Let's move about how black back, how bad at loving we are. Let's look at how loving he is. Here's what got me this week when I was studying the word patience, bearing or enduring pain. I shared this with Karen. Difficulty, uh, excuse me, bearing or enduring pain, difficulty under provocation or annoyance with calmness. And then here's the the phrase that got me, that God is not hasty or impulsive, but he calmly waits on the outcome or the result. And so as I began to pray over that, he calmly and patiently waits on the outcome of my life, And I began to say, God, what does that mean? How are you, how do you calmly wait on me? Because I think of that, the video that I showed you, and the girl's making the pancakes, and she puts all the, and oh yeah, this is great, you know, this is great pancake. I think, I mean, I really see, I began to see God, you're doing a good job, bud. You keep being patient. You just keep coming towards me is what I see God doing. I see him saying, oh, yeah, you were here, but I'm taking you here. And I'm just patiently waiting on you to get here. He's not going, you stupid idiot. When are you going to get through your bonehead, Eric? Come on, Eric, get her done. Get her done, boy, boy. I've been waiting on you for 35 years to get down here, cut. What are you thinking? <laughs> Do I need to kick you in the derriere? <laughs> How many have felt that way? But when I read that he is calmly waiting for the expected result. He is looking at me as a finished product. He sees me as Christ already perfected in me. He sees me through the blood of the glorious one. He sees me through the finished work of Calvary. He sees me as spotless. He sees me as holy. He sees me as righteous. He sees me as clean. But I don't see myself as clean. So he's calmly waiting for me as I progress in my walk with him. And we've got to get this revelation because if we don't, we will keep putting expectations on each other that are unrealistic. You know, he doesn't treat us like the little girl with pancakes all of our life. I realize he has greater expectations. But he already sees it as done. Oh, can I have some ketchup and mustard, buddy? Oh, yeah, brown and yellow, they match. When the evangelism team goes out, he sees you guys going, yeah, that's it, go. Go, guys, go tell people about me. He doesn't go, well, if you would evangelize through friendship evangelism, you would do a lot better job. Well, you ought to try this technique and this technique and this technique, and you would do it my way. But he, he starts to move on our hearts. He begins to put things in our hearts. He begins to lead us through the Spirit as we are led by the Spirit in love rather than the flesh. And he's pretty happy because he sees us that just touched me that God's patience he is calmly allowing me to get to where I'm supposed to go does that help anybody yeah. cuz i tell you as soon as you walk out the door you will you will forget that truth if you're not careful and you'll go back to beating yourself up and so when somebody comes and is critical of me i just agree with my adversary quickly and say you're right not there yet. Yep, you're probably right. But God is not keeping record of my wrong. He is looking at me as the finished work of Christ. He is patiently enduring. He is suffering long with me. Anybody else? He's been suffering. Some of you, he's been suffering a long time, right? Yeah. Look to your neighbor and say, he's suffering a long time with you, huh? <laughs> Thank God I'm not sitting beside anybody. Patiently enduring to carry on through despite hardship and pain. To suffer patiently without yielding or giving up. (laughs) How many people you given up in your life? Have you given up on anybody? (laughs) Oh God, give us a revelation today, will you please? Showing, here's another one, guys. I probably should have put it up, but I didn't. I love this, showing patient, and this is the word I like, and unruffled, unruffled. everybody say unruffled, unruffled. Self-control, self-control, and restraint yeah. under adversity, not retaliating, or expressing resentment, because that's usually the way I, my patients work sometimes. How about you? If you really want to know the truth, I don't love as well as God does. And I'll be patient in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But inside I'm ruffled. Can I have a witness? Again, modification of my behavior, right, Bruce? Yeah, it's totally we're wanting love, right? We're not wanting we're not wanting masks. That whenever I love you or love someone else, that you're getting the real me, the real love. because we're seeing Jesus as the one who is patiently waiting on the desired outcome, (laughs) because he sees the desired outcome. Amen. Cry it out loud, sister. (laughs) Now, when I was in banking years ago, we called forbearance. In the contract that you would sign with me for your house or your car or whatever you were borrowing money, there was a clause in there that said forbearance. And God's patience is a lot better than a creditor. Can I have an amen on that? But they give you a limited amount of time by which you have to pay that debt. Is that not correct? And if you go beyond that time, then they say after 30 days, you're going to get this penalty, and you're going to get this penalty, and you're going to get this penalty, and after 90 days. And I can remember some of my uh, collection calls There'll be 30 days, and they'd be 90 days, and then they'd be 120 days, and now we're getting months and months out. And Eric's forbearance was a lot greater than the bank's. I was a lot more merciful than my pres- the president of the bank. He said you'd have to call that in, do go after it, and the gavel would fall, and the forbearance was over. Okay and they would come we would go pick up the car we would go pick up the house we would go pick up whatever was on the note to call the note due pay or get out some of us have experienced that in this room maybe maybe you've been there where the creditor come knocking on the door they can be pretty ruthless can't they don't say yes too loud people will know <laughs> I'm just kidding. but this is the thing where this term of patience with God is going further than, the, further than what they allow at the bank. Can I have an amen on that? And I'm going to read a scripture here that actually Paul says that's even further than what you think it is. So we're going to read a scripture here. I'm going to, oops, I forgot. Sorry, enduring pain. You guys still with me there? 1 Timothy says he has unlimited patience. That'll really jack with you. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the what? Why was it that Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, could actually say he was the worst? But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his, everybody say it, unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. But you know the word that I never, ever noticed until this week as I was studying this passage is that right there, as an example. I don't know why, but in my Bible study, that hit me like a brick. Why do you think it hit me like a brick? Hmm? Shows you. I hope you guys are thinking. Because I'm to give that same unlimited patience. I am to reflect. He gave this unlimited patience so that I would have an example of how to do it. That I would learn how to lay my life down. He did it so you would know how to do it. You say it's not done, it can't be done. Not without Christ, not without knowing who he is, not without knowing in your heart how much he loves you and that his patience, I really, I mean, that's in the Bible, guys. What's unlimited mean to you? No boundaries. That'll mess with your head. We've all got boundaries. Hey, you've crossed the line, pal. You've hurt me. One, two, many times. For you teenagers, I know. It's like with brothers and sisters. I'm sure your patience is unlimited with your brothers and sisters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Boyfriends, girlfriends, your patience is unlimited, right? Oh, God help us. Hmm. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. I think I went backwards. I actually must have forgot to put it in there. I did. I just want to keep showing you those gory love pictures, aren't I? In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you. Say that with me. He is patient with you. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Hmm. Well, it's 12.06. I'm going to read an email that I received this week. She said I could share it. Tina Isbell. Everybody loves Tina. We love you guys. I'm going to have to blow it up because I can't. There we go. Pastor Eric, I wanted to share with you what I saw while you were preaching last Sunday. I kept hearing you say, what does love look like? And I saw a sponge soaked in liquid. And when when I was brought, bear with me here. And as I, and I saw a sponge soaked in liquid, and when it was brought out of the liquid, the sponge was so full, it dripped everywhere it went. I believe God is saying that when we soak in the love of God, we can't help but drip God's love everywhere we go. In order to know what love looks like, we need to soak in God's love. That's what we're talking about today, right? Several months ago, while I at the altar in worship, I saw myself standing before God and He was telling me how much He loves me. And I found myself saying, but God, I have this in my hands. It was as if I was a child, and I had stolen candy in my hands. And I raised my hands with the stolen candy in it to show him, but I've got this in my hands. And God looked at what was in my hands. Then he looked over to his son, Jesus, and said, Son, did you pay for this? And Jesus said, Yes, sir, I did. As I heard Jesus say these words, I dropped the candy that was in my hands, and all I could do is cry and worship him. God is showing me that we are so concerned about the stolen candy in our hands that we're not realizing that God wants us to know how much he loves us. And when we realize how much he loves us, all the stolen candy falls out of our hands all the things that we do wrong, the the sin that so easily entangles us. Once we get a revelation of how much He loves us, the candy falls out of our hands. I believe the more we understand how compassionately He loves us, then we will compassionately love others. I believe the more we, the sponges, soak in God's love, (laughs) the more we will drip His love everywhere we go. About two years ago, I heard the Lord, I heard the term soaking in God's presence. I didn't know what to think of it at the first, but I found that I have always wanted to get closer to God, to feel His presence more and see Him reflected through me. I have not spent a lot of time soaking like I would really like to. But during worship on Sunday mornings, I give my full attention to Him. Sometimes I stand there and soak in the shine S-O-N, on my face. I feel God is changing me. I feel closer to Him than ever. Soaking. I didn't go where I wanted to go today, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I can't make you soak in the Lord. I can't make you love. I don't even want to. It's only the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Talking with new tongues. Because you can't draw from the Holy Spirit thing, if your Holy Spirit bucket, if you're not filled with His bucket. And I do, and I promise you, if you're only soaking in the Lord on Sunday, it ain't enough. Today, to be honest with you, I, uh, I felt very inadequate <laughs> coming today to share. Because I tell you, this, ris- this message really goes contrary to our flesh, contrary to what we think of God and how He is and how He loves But I tell you, God, God, we are sponges, and we are to soak in the Lord's love. We're supposed to take 1 Corinthians, and you're supposed to take it home, and you're supposed to say, God, I don't understand how you're patient with me. God, show me. Give me a revelation. God, I don't understand your kindness. I don't understand your love. And as you behold him, you're changed by him. Can I have a witness on that? what are you going to do to get a revelation of him because me preaching about him and his love is only milk and the meat of god's word is when you take the word yourself and you begin to digest it and chew on it yourself and begin to understand the va- i've covered one little attribute of god god is patient he is Unlimited in his patience towards us. Can I ask you today, how has he been patient with you? Do you know? I could bring the pictures back up. But that patience didn't didn't die on the cross. It resurrected. And he lives inside of us. And he sees you completed. He sees you totally different. He sees you through patient, loving eyes. Stand with me today. Hmm. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in us? God is calmly waiting on the outcome and the results of your life, God sees you as a finished product. You see the candy in your hand, and he just says, come to me. Here's really what I hope takes place this week. I, I pray that I get emails, texts. I pray I start to see people get revelations of his love. I pray that 1 Corinthians 13 becomes a theme passage for us as we move into maturing in God's love. I pray that we start to get more emails like that that say, God just showed me this. He showed me this. I promise you, I cannot take that away from Tina now because God showed her that. And here's the part where the Holy Spirit has to work. I can't work. I, I just give what I feel like the Lord gives me. And here's where the Holy Spirit has to do His work. What is the Spirit of God asking from you? On how are you going to seek to know his love for your life? What are you going to do through the week? What are you going to do to pursue? To pursue the lover. (laughs) To pursue the lover. To pursue the one that loves you. To soak in his love so that when you walk out of here, you're dripping with the love of Christ. You're patient, you're kind, you're not self-seeking, you're not, putting, you're not boasting about yourself, but you're putting others first. Wow. Can you imagine what radical church this would be if we would begin to walk in that kind of love? Can you imagine the radical salvations that would take place in our community? Can you imagine the radical marriages that we would have in our church? Can you imagine the relationships between brothers and sisters if they would be patient and love each other this way? Can you imagine what it would look like? I think it's time for the acting to stop (laughs) and the revelation to come. What do you guys think? I think it's it's time for her to quit acting like we love. <laughs> quit acting like we love and learn what love truly is. That it goes beyond the boundaries, that it's radical, that it, it really costs you something. <laughs> love really does cost you something. It costs you your time, your talents, your finances. All of a sudden, you're making a pot of chili for somebody because you really want to because of the love of Christ. You've realized how patient and how loving he's been to you. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now as we leave. We really need a revelation of your love and who you are, your attributes, Father. And I just say right now, Lord, I am am pursuing your love as never before. Lord, you've highlighted this in our hearts. And Father, I pray today that God, we as a people would begin to dissect and begin to ask you a lot of questions. Father, you would begin to lead us down the The quiet waters and the the green pastures of your love. And Lord, you would really begin to show us how you see us. Because God, I want more. Does anybody in the house want more? So what do you think you're going to need to do? Lord, would you just drop it in each person's heart? Lord, what do you want them to do? What are you going to be obedient to the Lord to do right now? Lord, would you convict each person? What is it that he wants you to do? Where does your faith start? Here's the hard part for me. I don't ever know how to end it. I'm not a good ender. I feel like i got to give it to the Holy Spirit and let him do what he does. And so, Lord, I just ask that by the power of your Spirit, you would do in each heart what only you can do so just ask him lord what do you want me to do this week just ask him right now i'm not going to tell you what you're going to do the holy spirit just ask him lord what do you want me to do to grow in love this week did everybody hear something Now, will you just tell him I'll do it? Just go ahead and tell him right now. Say, I will do that. I will obey. I will do that. I say yes to you, Lord. I say yes. Here's what I want you to do when you leave today. I want you to tell somebody that you trust what the Lord asks you to do. And I want you to give them the right to hold you accountable, whether that's them calling you and saying, are you in the word today about love? Whatever it is you're going to do, give somebody the right, give them the privilege to hold you accountable to it. So that way, when you come next Sunday, you've you've actually done something. You've actually obeyed the Lord. And what obedience does is it brings joy. (laughs) And I can tell by some of your faces, you need some joy. (laughs) Is that good? Okay. So, Father, we just seal your word in us. Lord, I I thank you for your unlimited patience. Thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for your unlimited patience with me. I thank you, God, that you have not given up on us. I thank you, God, that you are calmly waiting for the desired result. And, Lord, we just thank you for today. God, have your way in our hearts. God, I just pray as we go to restaurants, as we go to families, that, Father, even this word of patience, Lord, that you would even do that work in us when we're around people today. And that, Father, you would have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, God bless you. I did feel something on that when I said, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to get filled. The altar ministry team would love to pray with you. If you're here and you've been desiring the infilling of the Holy Ghost, I encourage you, don't leave. Let's take care of business today. Amen. God bless you.